can we talk a bit about Yuri on Ice? Because yeah, we've never talked about it. We can it. talk about. I mean, like this would be our what fourth tangent this episode. But sure, let's talk about Yuri yeah, on well, Ice. Yeah, well, Yuri on Ice um, is it? It doesn't. There is no homophobia in Yuri on Ice. It is about two men who happen to fall in love through skating, and there's no tangible homophobia in the world. Nobody makes a big deal about it ever. It's not commented upon. These two men are in a relationship with each other. They get kind of like married or promised to each other like in the second last episode and it, it's genuinely beautiful and there are, it's a it's it's very pretty it's good and you had a lot of people like honest and then like a lot of people are like honestly i'm glad that there's no homophobia in yuri and ice because that would have been exhausting that would have dragged the plot down and it it would have made it a less fun show to watch and that's that's good and it doesn't work for necessarily every piece of drama you know like it wouldn't work for say um you know, Oscar winner Moonlight, that wouldn't have made any sense because where's, where's the conflict? Mm. But in Yuri on Ice, one, it would have dragged the plot down and two, it's exhausting. And it's like, if you want to have, you're, you're here to watch skating and two boys who, well, two men who love each other and, you know, and it, it's just... It's not relevant, It's right? not relevant. It's not relevant it to the plot. Yeah, and I understand, like, you know, like, and it, like the director said, this was a very conscious decision on my part. I didn't want them to face any homophobia or anything like that and i wanted to show this world and this community is supportive as inclusive and it, it not really mattering that two men fell in love and it just like the thing that matters is that they love each other and not that their love is taboo because it isn't which i, I think is i mean i'm paraphrasing a lot but you know like yeah yeah i i think definitely it's is it relevant to the story that you want to tell mm. and in this case um because we're talking about an interactive medium, mm. is it relevant to the the world that you want your players to be interact mm. interacting with? And I'm like, I don't think it is, yeah. personally. And, like, I would say that... And you were like, well, this is the thing, is that both of us could come to different conclusions from the same, like, prompt. Yeah. I'd be like, nearly all of our playgroup is queer. Yeah. I want to explore the possibility space of a world where homophobia and heterosexism are non-issues. Mm. Whereas you were like, nearly all of our playgroup is queer. I want to allow these people to explore a world where they continually get to see like positive stories about people like that. Yeah. Neither of these things is no, wrong. They're not. They're both right. It's fine. And it's it's and even you can even be up for that on like different like like days. Like sometimes mm. I want a story that I'm like, yes, that's what it's like in this world being lgbt and it sucks but sometimes we win and this makes me feel really good and sometimes i'm like i don't want to engage with with this discourse i just want to have fun and explore this fantasy world or this science fiction world or this post-apocalyptic world on my own terms and not have to like constantly be challenged because i'm this or because i'm that which is sometimes what makes like which is what made Dragon Age Origins really annoying because it's like sexism doesn't exist in Dragon Age, and I'm like awesome. And then you do yeah, and then you're like it literally does though. Here is all of the evidence in the text that it does. Yeah, and it's like and it's like oh god. And I actually find like because there's a whole load of games that do that at character creation, right? They have this like weird sort of like platitude that they say where it's like your the 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 sex or gender of your character it will not affect your abilities in any way, and the the two are treated largely the same in the world of Fleedledog or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'll be the judge of I'll that. I'll be the thanks. fucking judge of that, asshole. And they're like, like I think it's like almost immediately when you do um the, like, is it the 
female noble storyline. It's like the like first few like moments of that game and you'd be like, when are you gonna get married? I'm like and you don't get that dialogue if you're a boy like I think someone has like a boy like they're talking about Nathaniel how aren't they? I was like, oh you should get married like but you should get married to think thingy thingy house son and like I really like you wouldn't be suggesting this if I were a man, which I think is shitty by the way, because Nathaniel Howe definitely bisexual. But anyway, the <laughs> The point is, is it's just like it's not and I think if there are points where I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting a girl. And I'm like, I, I thought I thought we were supposed yeah. to. Yeah. So this is, this is why I hate those things. I'm like, no, you're just saying that. And it's automatically disingenuous, even if it's true. Yeah. Because it's like, you've shown me none of the content of, of your game at this point. Yeah. I know nothing. nothing. And... and and that's that's why it's it's always disingenuous yeah. to say it in any more than a mechanical capacity because I don't know that you're telling the truth. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I've seen evidence that you basically don't give a shit about the veracity of the comment that you're making here. So why would I believe it now? Yeah. It's like, and it's not like Dragon Age Origins does that for everything. Like it goes, if you play an elf, it's like some mm. people are going to treat you like shit because you're an elf, and you're like, okay, awesome. Yeah. And that but does to happen. be clear, I don't think this is just a problem with Dragon Age Origins because I've no, seen yeah. that kind of message in multiple yeah. games that then have problems. Like um, the Elder Scrolls games, oh, yeah. for instance. Generally, I think Morrowind at least has that message, like that kind of message, and I think the others do yeah. as well. And it's like Skyrim is actually like okay for yeah. it. Um, I think Fallout Four is as well. I'm not sure about the other Fallout games. Fallout f- Fallout is kind of weird yeah. because Fallout like does have. Sometimes, I think Fallout has a problem where it doesn't really know which of us it wants to be. Yeah. When it comes to sexism. No, yeah, you're right. Like, it doesn't actually know, like, do I want this to be like a... Because a... it's like, we want to be... I, I think this is the problem, is that Fallout is set in, like, the ruined versions of a world from 2100 that is trying to be the world of 1950. Yeah. So it's like, are we progressive because it's the future or regressive because we're trying to be the past? Yeah. And, I mean, in fairness, that's a difficult problem. Yeah. I just don't think they've handled it incredibly yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. But I think definitely, like, you you went across Morrowind and it's like, a lot of the time, yeah, actually, there are, like, um, a, a lot of, like, female warriors and there's, like... Uh, a, a goddess, like like you know, female heads of state. Yeah. Uh, I think I I can't actually remember if Almalexia is a head of state. I don't think she mm-hmm. is. I think the the king is is the head of state yeah. of Morrowind. But we're, that's not the point. The point is, um, there are a lot of women in interesting and relevant roles. Yeah. That said, a lot of the time, as I remember, and I will probably actually need to go back and play the game again to be sure. Mm-hmm. The um, the vast majority of housekeeping role persons were women, mm-hmm. and. I feel like that was a mistake yeah. rather than like just them not thinking. Yeah. Because I feel like in, in especially like in more recent times, like they try that's one of the times that Bethesda have actually tried, mm. right? Because you see a lot of um warrior women in Skyrim and sometimes you do see uh like like a fair number of men in domestic roles mm. who like, you know, take them seriously. And it doesn't look that weird. Like it's fine. Yeah. Fine to do, and I've forgotten the point I was going to no, make yeah. here. But 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 I think basically I remember seeing that message in Morrowind, like the first time I played Morrowind, which oh god was a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, and cringing at it even then because I was like, 
you you can't say that this early. Yeah. It's fine if you want to tell me that like the gender I pick is not going to um, affect my character mechanically, mm. but you can't say that yeah. with like, regard to like the world you've created because I don't know whether you're being honest. Yeah. I think I'd I'd like to think I I do want how I present women in in two Earth now. I've started thinking about it, and it's like do I mean most servants you meet have been butlers, so they generally are men. But there's no saying a woman can't be a butler. I suppose no, not really. Yeah, I don't see any reason why no. that couldn't be the case. I'm really sure. I mean, like you've met. A f- I mean, all of the li- all the Lilyhammer clan clan of women, and they're all in militaristic. That's true. Handle. Although, like, <laughs> the problem with that is that like. At least from my perspective, the Lilyhammers are a joke. No, right? yeah, they, they are, a, they are ref- a little bit, yeah. They're a yeah. reference to Nurse Joy and Officer yeah, Jenny from yeah. Pokemon. At least, so it makes sense that they would all be women. Yeah. Except one? Wasn't there one who was Yeah, there's the, there's the dad, yeah, the, the, the dad, mm. the, the daddy hammer, yeah. Yeah. So, like, whilst I don't want to discount that out of hand, I feel that also, like, it does sort of get, like, an exception pass. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they are... Because it's a reference to something yeah, else in another but, piece you know, of media. That... Again, though, like Pokemon, all of their police officers generally were women. I mean, yeah, they were all Officer Jenny's, I do like, but... Yeah, I, I, I do kind of like that Pokemon has sort of, like, taken that weird idiosyncrasy that came from, like, the technical constraints of the original game. Yeah. And rather than just being like, no, it just happened that all of the, uh, all, all of the like, police officers and nurses look the same in Pokemon Red. They're like, no, they're all cousins and they look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. That's just a thing you're going to have to get used yeah. to. But I mean, I think as well, it was probably like a limit because I don't remember there being many police officers in the um, games. I think there was maybe one or two, um, and I yeah. do believe they were male sprites actually. Um, like the inclusion and evolution of um, fe- like like female characters. Um, maybe in Pokemon they it, maybe a, if that's the case. Yeah. Like I don't know a lot about Pokemon. Maybe they included Officer Jenny to make the Nurse Joy thing less weird. Maybe, but I They're think like... also like you know like this like Pokemon. Nowadays, it's got a bigger budget. The anime, when it started, it was not given a huge budget. And oh, are you feeling like they didn't? They didn't have the budget to have somebody draw up another police officer model. Yeah, like drop multiple police officer models and stuff like that, because that that stuff can be really taxing. Actually, like designing hmm. different characters all the time. Like, or every town you go to, and every time they interact with law enforcement, there's another police officer. Yeah, that that could be like, and it's like they're not actively doing anything illegal, which means that we can't have them be followed by a police officer, which would like help and not make us have this problem. But we still need them to have scenes where they interact with law enforcement. Yeah, so I, so I think just... I think it's more that 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 arise from the budget limitations of an anime and just saying, okay, well, we'll just have one character who we reuse over and over again and just say they're all related, and it'd be like the Nurse Joy thing. The Nurse Joy thing yeah. is definitely a running joke carried over from the games, though, like. Yeah, because like the sprite of the nurse from the Pokemon Center is always the same sprite, yeah. and it's a very striking sprite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's funny and also cool and like you know it's great. But yeah, like <laughs> so. that that that's why. But as well, in a weird way, it's also that I I want to say technical limitations of D and D. I don't necessarily want to think up a new name and a new character description for every law enforcement character you interact with. I don't want it's every figure of authority you be to be like their own unique, different character. Maybe I'm just like, Lilyhammer's kind of a cool name, and 
why not? Like, why not have it not all just be similar looking women who differ slightly in appearance occasionally, but they all are In fairness, related. I feel like the Lilyhammers have been very different in how they interact with us. No, yeah, I mean, like, I've always tried to make it so that they've got different personalities, hmm. but, like, y- you know, it's like... Yeah, no, no, that's 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 fine. But like, um, I I would hope that my women are are diverse and have differing jobs. I mean, like the head of yeah, the team... I hope that as well. Yeah. Like, I always worry that I'm doing that. Like, was it like seventeen percent thing? Yeah, yeah. Where I think I have a lot of female characters, and it's just like I'm kind of worrying that I'm like inflating that number in my head because a lot of my male characters are so boring <laughs> that I forget that they exist. I think as well. Like, I always sort of figure it. Like, I know I'm not. Great. I'm I'm working on a webcomic at the minute and I have I'll say like obviously that it's got it's about disabled superheroes, so obviously there's a lot of disabled characters in it. And I would say that I'm generally good at representing the different like different people from different racial backgrounds and cultural backgrounds. And I'm, you know, pretty good with, you know, a good equal percentage of women, but I do admit that I don't have a lot of transgender characters in my story. And I think that's but I think I don't think of that particularly so much as a problem because it's more about Make sure it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality of those characters. So I think yeah. if you don't have a lot of women in your story, that's okay, but like how Which is how also good like are they, not to you know? say that those two things are entirely separate all the time. No, yeah, I have yeah, absolutely. Seen a frustratingly large number of problems with T V shows and books and whatever of like people like like you know, for instance, an author experiences a problem with um pushing too many uh like separate character conflicts onto a single yeah. transgender character for instance yeah so much so that they become a stereotype and it's like you could actually have avoided this if you had more than uh, one of these oh characters. yeah no definitely i agree if you have a, a group of people you're representing a group of people in the story make sure you have at least more than one of them like you know, if you have a gay person... Naturally, this is a lot easier to do if you have, like, a very large scope piece of work. Yeah. Like a tabletop role-playing setting. Yeah. Where you, you can just have, like... Because, I mean, like, when you write fiction, like, when, when you write, like, books or TV or films or stuff, you have to be sparing with the amount of new information that you bring in. Yeah. Whereas I think that's a restriction you don't really have in tabletop role playing mm. because it's a piece of interactive media that is supposed to be uh, experienced over a much longer time. Mm. And I think even video games, to be honest, kind of have that problem more than tabletop role playing does. So it's an excellent like mm. environment to do that sort of thing. In. Yeah, but it's like you know, like I I'm acutely aware that you know I I've I've introduced Bran and he's a trans man and I know I can't believe that rhymed. Um, <laughs> But I know as well... We, we love Bran. Yeah, Bran's yeah. Cool. but I, I also know that, you know, he is a very... He's a very specific narrative of his own experience within the world I've created. Mm. So it's it's about also making sure to have you meet someone later on who's also transgender, maybe another trans man or someone who's non-binary or a trans woman, and go, this is someone with a completely different experience. And the, not, not, not to do it for like... sure, but to just be like... I don't know how relevant this is. Yeah. Um, I guess like I will talk about this because if you're thinking, hey, of the two methodologies described, I think I like Alex's better. One of the problems actually that I have run into, and given how many of the group, again, are transgender, I feel guilty about this, mm. is including transgender characters in my, um, in, in, in my uh, setting mm. 
they basically have to be non-binary because otherwise, unless they're challenging like the real world assumptions of the players, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that those characters are defined by their oppression because they're not. And that's a horrible thing to say. Basically, what I mean is there is no reason why this would come up. Mm. Like why in conversation that like that topic would come up or that I'd be comfortable like just telling people like telling the the players about it as as like a mm. an aspect of the character. Yeah. Unless it came up in the context of them being oppressed. Yeah. And that is a problem because it makes it incredibly difficult for me to introduce ca- trans characters. Yeah. Or at least like characters who are explicitly stated in the text to be trans. Yeah. I mean the whole like the whole source of this problem is that there's a huge like wealth of characters that I have introduced in the past who could be transgender. Yeah. It's like I feel like um I feel like I probably actually only have like a single digit number of characters who definitely are not transgender. Hmm. No, yeah, I And that's you. basically I, I like it, it... the group that the, the groups that are like heterosexual couples that have children. And even yeah. then it's kind I mean, of yeah. like yeah, I mean, it, it's always like, I mean, in my universe, I've established like Baldur's Gate style. There are portions that people take that can change their assigned, their like, assigned yeah, sex. which is another problem. And that's, like, that, you know, maybe that's, that's yeah, like, and it's like, as well, it's not like, you know, like, you've, you've probably, like, I mean, like, yeah, you probably have met transgender characters right, before, exactly, but it's like, it's not came up because you've only, you've interacted with me in a very minimal way. Or it hasn't been relevant to the conversation because it's not always relevant to the conversation. And uh, just like, be, like I think, you know, you've like, met. If, if you're listening, like the the hypothetical person that I was talking about, this is not necessarily wrong, and I hope that you can understand how, in theory, in perhaps a better world, that would be fine and correct. But it is actually like kind of a problem now because it gives you mm. this this impression because the only real aspect like. The only real interaction with the world that the players have is through what the DM says. That there's this mm. absence of these people when there there isn't, or there needn't mm. be. But it's just that yeah. there's no reason why that would ever come up. Yeah. Whereas you know, when you not... have a world like Beth's, by comparison, there's a really obvious reason why it might come up. Yeah, and like it's not like it's it's like as mentioned like someone being gay or bi, it's it's not like just like it is it is a difficult thing to portray without going oppression because it's not like there are obvious because obvious like do you know no, what i mean actually i don't have that problem at all I, no, I, I, I'm, I know portraying like, people as gay or bi i find like significantly easier because there's a really the, obvious... yeah that's, that's what i that's that that's yeah. what i was getting at because like there's you can have two men be in a relationship and you're like Yes, I understand that, but if a trans woman, for example, is in a relationship with a cis man, you're just gonna be like, "Oh, that's just a straight couple." Well, I mean, until that trans woman, you know, it is, it is, but, but like but that trans like... woman, well, to add, you know, but that trans woman isn't gonna go, "Well, to add more flavor to it, it turns out no, that and that would be a stupid thing to do." That. do. That's not how transgender people that's are. That's not how transgender that's... people are in real life, and it's a stupid thing to no. do from a narrative standpoint. It's yeah, kind of insulting, it's actually. Yeah. It's like, so basically, in a D&D game, what you do then is you go, oh, by the way, heads up, just before I introduce this character, I just want you all to know, this character is a trans woman. I think that's pretty cool. And I know you guys are going to think it's pretty cool. Just wanted to let you know that, that that's a thing. And your friends go, awesome, cool. And I mean, then maybe they can bring it up or whatever. But it, 
that's the only way to yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's really. not a great way, to be honest. No, I'm not, it's not. I'm not really a huge fan of that way. No, but, but if it's, it's what you like... have to do, it's I guess it's what yeah. you have to do. On the other hand, like another way you could do it is mm. if one of your players is playing a transgender character. Oh yeah, no, this is always which really which they might do, it. especially if that kind yeah. if. I say that kind of issue. That's a horrible thing to say. Like trans people are people. They are a people that exist. Yeah, they're people. Like it's they're not. Issue, they're not. Yeah. They're not an issue. Like I don't know, gun control or water fluoridation. Like they are a group yeah. of individual people who exist in real life. But if the visibility of transgender people, I suppose, is an issue that is important to your players, quite likely, yeah. if uh, one of your players is transgender themselves, they might play a transgender character in which case you could have another like like have a transgender npc like have a scene where they commiserate with them about oppression or if there isn't any of that just like you know talk about trans stuff yeah just like high five yeah like like presumably (laughs) this player is your friend and will have spoken about some things that you can use as material for that if you are a cis person yeah 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 like i i think that that's always helpful as well like if you have friends from a particular either political background or um, background of being mm. a human um, you can just go hey how do I put this into the game and they'll be like oh like this and it's and much like, easier you. to ask that yeah. of your friends because like it's mm. it's kind your of friends not are here cool to, help you to ask other people who are from a particular minority to basically proofread your work when yeah. you're like oh you know I, I don't really know what kind of research to do or I've done my research but I don't know if it's correct could you just like do this for free Whereas, yeah. like, asking your friends is still kind of scumbaggy to do when you're not paying them if it's your writing, but if it's, like, yeah. a, a an RPG that they are participating in, then there's no real problem with, like, asking them, am I doing this right? Especially since, yeah. I, given I, it's an improvised experience, they're going to expect you to make more fuck-ups than if it were, like, a, you know, a published piece mm-hmm. of work. Yeah. I think, you know, and th- this, this also goes for, like, I, I hope we don't diverge too much, but fan fiction, you know, if you're in a group of people who are in a fandom or on a discord server or in a community or form or whatever and go hey i want to portray i don't know this issue in the mm. next fic what what are your opinions on this because there's a lot of discussion of i won't get too vague i'll talk i'll talk a bit about voltron it's fine um about whether one of the characters keith is you know is he japanese is he korean or is he some other type of east asian or is he not east asian in fact and he's just sort of drawn that way and there's a good amount of discussion about it. Um, I'm on this. I personally think he's of Japanese descent. I know not everyone agrees with that, um, and I think that that's fine. <laughs> By the way, I don't begrudge anyone who thinks differently. Especially since um, there's like been no explicit confirmation in the show. One assumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like we don't even actually know his actual canonical surname in this universe. We know that it's in theory Kogane because that's what it's always been in other adaptations. But it's never actually it's been said reason... in Voltron Legendary Defender, which is yeah, it's this version. It's of the the o- yeah the only people who have full names, as far as we know, are Shiro, who's Takashi Shirogane, hmm. so he's Japanese, despite what some fans sometimes say that weird. he's white. I yeah, did see like that, the, you know, uh, the that, permanent that, o- that old-fashioned French name Shirogane, and I was just like. <laughs> You can't actually see what I'm doing. So imagine that image macro of uh, Nicolas Cage with his like clasped palms over his his face. Just yeah, you know, um, you know. But like, th- there is a lot of like of it would be it it would be Lance obviously that we you know like that he it's came out, oh he's Cuban but 
most of the time in other adaptations his surname is McLean. Now personally I don't see any issue with still having him be called Lance McLean in fanfic if you want to have, give him a surname mm. because it's not like Scottish people have never married Cuban people. But then before. again it's also um, not like Japanese people have never married into like you know French uh, uh, you know families so I feel that kind of detracts from your earlier point even though I'm kind of being like deliberately uh pedantic yeah I, I i know what you mean though but like it wouldn't make like if lance did have the surname mclean in canon it wouldn't make him any less Cuban. that's fair and also it's not quite the same thing because lance having the surname mclean doesn't i don't even know i don't think cubans are white i don't i don't think no, they call I mean, themselves that... white but also like like shiro being from france would not make him less asian <laughs> Yeah, like so. It, it, so yeah, I am being disingenuous, yeah. and that is in fact not exactly the same thing. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's just like you know. Anyway, mm. but you know, there's and some people um, like the idea of Keith being Korean because he's voiced by Stephen um, Yun. I hope that's how you pronounce mm. it. Who is, of course, of Korean descent, um, but he's a, he's an American Asian. Um, you know. Um, Where are you going with this? What, was, what even was my original point? Oh yeah, so and it was, and I remember having this conversation like oh, I was going to make Keith um, Japanese in this fanfic. What, what do we, you know, like what's what's the opinion on that? Do we think that that that's the predominant headcanon? I'm, you know, I'm concerned that I'm going to step on someone's toes or I'm I'm going to like, really invalidate in the Voltron opinion. Legendary Defenders fandom. You were worried about stepping on someone's toes. That's, yeah. um, that's amazing. I I don't know why you would ever think that. <laughs> Um, hey, we vagued about... Look, we should always vague about them when we say this, okay? Anyway, um, and and the, the discussion was like, oh, I like him being... And then someone just went, it doesn't... And then someone went, it doesn't really matter. If you think yeah. he's Asian, that's... Well, I mean, I feel like if know, I were asked a question like that's that, the predominant like, thing. I would say, what context are you planning to talk about this in? Because unless you have to make explicit mm, yeah. reference to his, like national background it probably doesn't matter and you should just not oh, I, re I remember what it was i was he in he had he had a sort of made-up mother but like you know like it was like an au so he had a mum in the fic and i was like what do i you know call her you know are we, are we gonna say that like i i've said that she she has a japanese name are we okay and someone went i kind of like you know there was a bit of back and forth and someone went Ultimately, though, it's not really set in stone and it's not canon. And right, what you yeah. decide, like, is is up to you. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. And I can, <laughs> I can kind of, like, understand, sort of, the issue, like, why you would, you would want to know that. Because, obviously, for those who don't know, historically, there is a lot of um, pol political enmity between Korea and um, Japan. Um, yeah. Japan, um, unfortunately, yeah, Japan yeah. for a long time was an imperialist power in the Pacific mm. and they took over Korea, um, the Korea as was, I believe. I think Korea was like one Korea at the time that this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, one, one Korea under one Korean mm. yeah, son. Um, and and <sighs> there are still, I believe there are actually like still people alive who either lived under the Japanese occupation or had parents mm. who did. Um, yeah. So you can kind of see, because um, th this comes up sometimes when um, explicitly Korean characters are uh, associated by clueless fandom with memes and tropes that genuine generally apply to Japanese characters. Um, like I've yeah. seen this come up with uh, Diva from Overwatch, where people have like, it's not, oh, it's yeah, kind sure, of not yeah. cool to call Diva like a weeboo, 
because by... I mean, it's not cool to call Genji a weeaboo either, no, that's to be Genji honest. No, but Genji is actually like... Japanese, so it's stupid yeah. to call him a weeaboo because he is actually Japanese, whereas it's kind of shitty to call Diva a weeaboo because it's like, you're then implying that she has, that she doesn't, she absolutely does not, have this yeah. obsession with a country that is, like, traditionally her country's, like, oppressor. And that's weird yeah. and fucked up to do. And also, like, mm. it's relevant to tell them that because that's probably not what they intended. So I can kind of get why yeah. you would have wanted to ask that question if you were, like, worried, oh, okay, the, like, two battling ideals are, you know, <laughs> is Keith um, Korean or is Keith Japanese? Because obviously I've got to come down on one side or the other. Kind of. It still doesn't really yeah. fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, and I, I was just asking. Mm. I, thought, I, I knew that, that there were people in the fandom who were Korean and who were right. well of Korean descent and who were of Filipino descent, or like, and I wanted to hear yeah. their opinions on it because I value them as as well, my it's like friends. The, there's multiple, and as my fans. there's multiple different mistakes you could make here as well, right? Because you, you, yeah. you're like, I'm going to have to come down on one side of this or another if I'm going to have this character in this AU. But I want yeah. those people to understand that by coming down on that side, on the, those the one of those sides, I am either saying Keith is Korean or Keith is Japanese. I am not saying the Koreans and the Japanese are basically functionally identical. Because that is yeah. that is a shitty thing to say. Even yeah, and To yeah. be honest, it would be a shitty thing to say even if there weren't like this history of imperialism on Japan's part towards Korea. Hmm. Yeah, but like as well, and as well, it complicates it when you talk about um, Asian Americans because, of course, Korean Asians and Japanese Asians marry each other in America, and it's not this. It wouldn't be the same issue as it was if these people were living in yeah. Korea or Japan. I, I believe it's, also it's, that like actual Japanese and Korean people marry each other, but again, that is a different thing. Yeah. And it, it's, it's you know, like, I was sort of like, you know, but I'm like, but that also seems a really complicated backstory mm. to give a a character for so no, it's, like, maybe no it's narrative better. purpose basically for like a metatextual um compromise no that's yeah, stupid for, do like that. basically just for like a character that shows up in one scene and then goes yes. away like you know and i think i went with i think i gave the fairly neutral name hannah which i know is a korean and a japanese forename yeah. a woman can right. have that's fine um I, I i went with that and i think that that's fine maybe she is like married to a Japanese man, and that's why she has the surname Kogane. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's Japanese. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's fine it's... because I don't. I mean, I, I, also, it, it gets you know. And nobody, for the record, nobody's complained about it or has taken any issue and with again, it. Again, which is to fine. Be clear, like this, this like degree of granularity, I would argue, does mm. not actually exist in a lot of fandoms outside the Voltron legendary fandom, as reported. But also, <laughs> it's going to be different in fandom when it comes to making like publicly facing art than it is like doing tabletop role playing. You do not have to. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah. not have to think in this level of granularity about aspects of characterization, unless you really want no. to, or if the character is important in a tabletop role playing game. Please do not. Yeah, yeah. You will stop yourself from ever like writing anything for your setting. Obviously, if your players call you up on it and like point out mm. like a, an an unfortunate like thing, implicate unfortunate then, implication. Then you know, feel free to like put yeah. a little more thought into. It. I think in um, playing outside yourself, I talked about how um, I've gradually like started bringing Galliana around, at least in like content that you've not really seen yet, to being 
a yeah. slightly more sympathetic villain because I suddenly realised that I was uncomfortable with the idea of like the most mm. evil being in all creation being a chronic pain sufferer. Yeah, I think as well. I we're moving away less from marginalised groups, I guess, and I kind of was, I guess, inspired by real world events when I did wrote the current scenario the players are currently in. Um, Alex is about to find out how drastically I've changed this scenario recently. So, what, and do, I kind do you want of... me to like do like a rundown of what the scenario is for context for the players, knowing that I will talk about all the stuff that we have actually seen, and then you don't have to like worry about accidentally like spoiling anything. anything. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. uh, the the party, as is, have come to a city called Gloriana, and there they have discovered that. Um, one of the electoral candidates for mayor, who evidently already has some measure of political power, but is not is not mayor yet canonically, um, mm. whose name is Maribel, is basically running on a platform of uh, I suppose we would recognise it as neo-fascism, but I don't know if fascism has had like one go around yet in uh, in in two Earths, so maybe just you know fascism in general. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it, and is um, she's running on a on a platform of Humans are great, and uh, nomads, which is the minority that my character Azriel belongs to, um, who are sort of like, it's like, visually they're black people, but they're also like sort of a Romany... Um... You say visually they're black people. I always sort of imagine them looking like, yeah, black people, but also like a cross between um, like Indians and like Native Americans as well. Like it's a, a mix yeah. of... They're, they're, they're sort of a, a weird but yeah, mix I get what you I mean, yeah. that They specifically are like this, um, the, the, the supreme form of humanity, and that kind of means that like uh, nomads don't have it as bad as like elves and shit, but it means that they get like fetishized by. Because um, mm. being clear, like Maribel is not a nomad, and neither is like yeah. anybody in her like core supporter base. So yeah. they're basically like. It's kind of like you know how like actual neo Nazis um, love like Norse shit, even though yeah. the vast majority of them are not like Swedish or Norwegian or anything like that. It's kind of like that. Um, and so the uh, the the so Gloriana is being like whipped up into this like um, bigoted frenzy against like orcs and elves and uh, all of these other like. Um, racial minorities who have like different context as to why they exist as racial minorities and as it turns out because Azriel, who is a fuck-up idiot who makes stupid decisions decided to try and sleep with her in order to get leverage maribel doesn't actually believe in any of that i don't want to go so far as to say maribel is not a fascist but basically maribel doesn't believe her own bullshit the reason why maribel is trying to make gloriana fascist is because she is trying to turn herself into like a horrible mantis person, kind of like a drider, but like a praying mantis. And the drow used to do this, and the way that they did it was by surrounding themselves with hatred. Like they would have like magic that activated when they were surrounded with like when they they basically made themselves like racist demagogues. And so that's what mm. she's trying to do. Azriel found this out when his plan to send her into like fascist apoplexy didn't work because she didn't care about the thing he did to her. So, not the best time to, 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 to find out about that sort of thing. So, now we are uh, trying to gather together three uh, nomad amulets that come together to make a key to a tomb uh, under underneath Gloriana that holds, like, 
the last um, being who managed to properly defeat these horrible mounted people. And in the meantime, Gloriana is just getting more racist. Yeah. Now, I wrote this scenario originally. Um, and scenarios, like, I imagine we'll do an episode on it as well, about like, how scenarios and arcs change as they That's go on. That's a good on idea, actually. Like Remind me to write that down when we're done. Yeah. Um, and initially, because I was looking at, I suppose, the politics around me in the world, I was probably writing this around September, mm. October. Um, that was probably a bit earlier than that. Um, and being like, wow, this Donald Trump's really running on an awful, you know, it was almost sort of a venting thing to want to be like, let's let's punch some fat, let's beat up some fascists, guys. And then it became really serious because Donald Trump won the election. Um, and I was like, oh crap. And originally the scenario was going to be more about, um, the gangs in Gloriana and the, the the oppression and fighting against that. And I kind of realised a lot of us are now doing it in real life and that's kind of not amazingly mm. fun. And I was just like, I really, like, this is really exhausting because I'm dealing with it in real life and I don't necessarily want to bring it with me every Monday night when I have to yeah. DM. I was like, how can I make this weird or not the same thing? And I was, or kind of have the same message, but, like, it be different. So Maribel went from, I suppose... And I also kind of realised that Maribel didn't have any end goal other than, like, genocide. And that's so not fun. Maribel um, went from being a fascist demagogue to being a future horrifying mantid monster pretending to be a fascist demagogue. Yeah, like, she, she went from, I went, I went, oh, this isn't very fun. <laughs> and I went, how can I make this fun? And I was like, giant mantids. Mm. <laughs> and that's great, because and... it means that we get to do, like, a sort of um, slightly more traditional... Um, find the MacGuffin fantasy plot, we also get to punch Nazis. That is yeah. a thing that happened. Like, like, I remember there was a scene where um, Asriel and Coslin got arrested for beating up uh, a pair of characters who were, like, threatening significant violence against... I think, was it Bran? Yeah. It was Bran. Uh, yeah. Against Bran for being transgender. And, like, Cos, I think, maybe had and, a little... And for also being in a relationship with a Senor. Uh, like, yes, it, also it's... that. So, miscegenation, is that what they call it? In, in life. I don't remember their shitty word for it and I don't really care it's a stupid thing to be <laughs> against and uh, you are a stupid person for being against it if you are listening and are I don't believe anybody who's listening is to be honest um, no. but I don't believe that Asriel like, had any context whatsoever as to who those people were like maybe Coslin had a little bit but probably not a lot mm. I think didn't Bran want us to go there or possibly uh, his boyfriend. Oh no, yeah. Coslin wanted to go there because he'd found a bit of material from that place at a crime right. scene. And we go there and but... we were like, we're going to interrogate these people. And we walk in and they are like visibly threatening violence against Bran for being a transgender person in a relationship with a non-human individual. And yeah. fucking immediately, Azrael is just like, today is a good day to punch a fascist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is and like... Coslin joins in because, like, why wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, I, I I say like being mean and like threatening violence like they were going to kill him. I am fairly because yeah. they had a knife. They were making like the movements of somebody who is going to kill somebody else in a hate crime attack. I'm like I don't have yeah. a problem with beating this guy up. Yeah, you know, and, and Bran had went there initially to confront them because of course his boyfriend had been missing for like weeks mm. and. 
you know, like, his boyfriend who came back was like, yeah, these two did it. And I'm like, there's a bit of backstory here. Bran is very, very impulsive. And he went, well, I'm going to go there and confront them. And Clyde was like, no, don't, please, God. <laughs> and Bran was like, I'm already out the d- I'm already there. Um, right. And and then you guys happen to walk in just at the right moment. Right. Um, do we want to just, like, talk about I don't want to say political because we've made the point here that like all of our shit is political, but like I yeah. guess like more strongly political um, like storylines that we've done. Yeah, I mean, I generally like that's probably the, the only one that I can really think that 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 I'm doing, and most of the other ones like then like I don't really want to engage with things like I see like I don't really want to engage very strongly with things like socialism and monarchy, right or wrong, or like. Um, mm. Like, I, I don't mind touching upon them, but I don't really want a, them to be, like, major themes throughout the story. Um, I'd rather that, like, my themes are more emotional. Like, I, I think I kind of realised the other day when one of my big themes was, like, grief and how people deal mm. with it. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, like, stories and lore and, and ideas of, like, this, the sort of way that... I mean, like, Lucian Bartello's whole thing was was that he was split into two people, his true self and a kind of fictionalised, exaggerated version, mad scientist version mm. of himself. And he's not the only character where that the theme of, like, um, your true self versus a mask you put on isn't going to come up. Like, it's... I mean, it's pretty much plainly came up with Maribel as mm. well. There's who Maribel pretends to be and then there's the truth to who Maribel is. Yeah. Um and I, I like to push that theme a little bit because I find that, to me, that's the theme of my game and the theme of the villains is is the lie about who we are and then or the exaggeration mm. or the untruth of who we are and then the truth of who we are as people. Because I, I find that more engaging than, like, this whole game is a metaphor for socialism, which isn't a wrong thing to do, by the way. No, if, but, if but no, I, I think you're, you're quite correct. I've... It's weird. I didn't think of that until you mentioned it, but now, like, yeah, that, that that's exactly what Beth's villains are like. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking about um, it, with possibly the exception of Kavan. Ah, uh, yeah, but you don't. Well, we don't. We don't know, don't know a lot about Kavan, story Kavan yet. yet but uh, I'm getting the feeling that Kavan is is more actively malevolent. I think than uh, than, than yeah. you might expect, like uh, the others to be. Like Lucian was. Yeah split in two and one half was like comically exaggerated in terms of like how evil it was and then maribel is pretty evil but again she's not like she has an ulterior motive and she is wearing a mask like she's not as as uh fascist as she appears yeah i mean even like kavan was a literal mask Mm. you know like it's a far-reaching metaphor and as well even some characters like minor npcs you interact with like you have eleanor who's she, I guess, she presents this very like. Eleanor's um, weird, definitely. Like, like yeah, I would say like, um, Valandir as well. Like, um, no, yeah. Certainly, when we first met him, there was this idea that Valandir was was Valanthe's like, um, uh, like, like. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> evil twin. No, not, not evil <laughs> twin. Um, um, oh God, not dropout. Dropout is the only word that I'm coming. That's coming to me. Um, Deadbeat, yeah. The the was Valente's deadbeat brother who like was tied up in organized crime, basically like because he was 
you know, this, this, this unpleasant person, truly. And as it turns out, that is not the case at all. But for a long time, even, like, some time into Coslin's relationship with him, Asriel yeah. and Harrow, and to an extent Valanthe herself, did not trust him. And did not like yeah. want to believe that he had reformed, and to an extent he hasn't. It's just that no, yeah, he's still a criminal. Like, yeah, their perspective on the context of his like behaviors and and allegiances has changed, which is yeah. fair. Like, yeah, but like even even Eleanor initially presented herself as I guess quite a threatening, like I have the power mm. over you kind of of character, like like a, a kind of a manipulator, a chess master, and then. You know, you found out a lot of stuff about her recently. You know, she's the the mother to a teenage girl who she adopted. She's like severely alcoholic and drinks to cope. Yeah. She was abused like, as a child. Her wife is a tree. Yeah, you know yeah. stuff like and that. It's, yeah, and it's like there, like she's not who she presents on the outside. But like you're so far away from that mask now that like you fairly much know her as a like pretty much know her as a character. But like Val is a really good example as well. And it will keep popping up this theme of like this is how a character presents themselves. This is how mm. they actually are, you know. Because I find that theme intriguing. Mm. <laughs> I don't um, know that my game is is that deep to be honest. No, it's fine. It's fine if it's it's like I don't think there's no, anything there, wrong with that. No, of course there's nothing wrong with not having a game that deep. But it is kind of cool that you like keep doing that. I would say um, Thank you. probably the most abjectly political storyline that I have ever mm. done would be the um, the Imperial Civil War. Yeah, because yeah, definitely. To some extent, I wanted to like when I decided, okay, the Empire is going to have a civil war. I was like, I don't want the party to immediately rush in and take a side in this civil war and feel that this is a problem that they have to solve. And also, I want to make yeah. the politics like kind of. A, tie into my law, and B, like, vaguely realistic. So what you come down with yeah. is, okay, so the Elven Empire, as presented now, currently, in in mm. my uh, in my game, in my setting, is the third of its kind, and they mm. iterate the number every time they change their system of government. So you had the first Elven Empire, which had emperors and empresses, and then you had uh, a revolution where the emperors were overthrown, and then you had the second empire, which just had a senate. And now mm. you have the third empire, which is emperors again. And this emperor, who is the first um, emperor, uh, Titus Duilius, claims to be a descendant of the last emperor, but nobody can really prove that. Um, yeah. But, but he was basically like a, a puppet emperor anyway, installed to be the uh, this sort of like mouthpiece for all of the the people like working behind the scenes um i wonder where i got that idea i actually had that idea like long before the uh, the, the yeah, real, yeah, real world yeah. thing i'm i'm making that reference yeah, to before, although i feel like i have like before. slightly changed um like obviously it's mostly in the past in in, in the setting now but i've slightly changed like references to it when it comes up yeah. um and now uh salvius seditio one of his um generals and one of the people who installed him on the throne in the first place has become unsatisfied with the level of competence that he has shown as a ruler and the amount of mm. agency he's trying to exert in like making his own decisions about what proclamations to make particularly so okay so elves have this thing where because they were the first species created and the only one created directly by the old gods they think they're better than everybody mm. yeah, which yeah. is like a running elves. theme is that that yeah. elves are atheists like anti-theists yeah. basically 
because yeah. in their opinion all active religions are heresy because the old gods are the actual gods that you should worship and the old gods no longer exist so there is nobody to worship so if you are receive if you are participating in religious worship and particularly if you're a cleric or a paladin or somebody who receives powers from participating in religious worship uh, you are a, a um, demon cultist and, and, and a, a danger but they also have this um, idea that with the exception of the uh, of, of the Isle of Bells, which is supposed to remain separate because of um, what their like first leader, Isterin, did, they just sort of have a right to everywhere. And also, like, you can't live in the Elven Empire unless you are um, an elf or a half-elf who is the direct descendant. And by direct descendant, I mean, like, immediate descendant of a imperial citizen who is also an elf mm. so it's elves and also you can petition for citizenship if you are a half elf and your dad or your mum was an elven citizen but none of your kids can it's it's just mm. just just you and that's that's the emperor's standpoint he's like no the empire is for the elves so only they can be citizens here salvius seditio believes basically in manifest destiny and is like this this warmonger who wants to invade neighboring countries and take them over and he doesn't want because this is the thing you initially hear you initially hear that salvia seditio wants to get rid of the uh the the law that makes it only possible for elves to be elvish um mm. citizens and you think oh well you know that's great that's better than, than the emperor is like no he wants that because it's really really fucking difficult to take over somebody's country if you first have to exterminate the entire population before you can yeah. take it over. So he, he wants yeah. to basically make the Empire able to absorb other nations because he believes yeah. that it is the uh, divine duty of the Empire to continue expanding into neighbouring territories. Yeah, which, like, you know, and our group being a chaotic group immediately went, well, fuck both those sides. Which was then. exactly the reaction <laughs> that I wanted because I, yeah. I didn't... Yeah. Like, I wanted them to see both of these people are terrible theoretically mm. the emperor is slightly better because then like, yeah. everybody is at least like but but that neither of them are good right yeah. and i believe like the other group actually like managed to get rid of both of them and then then resource lock the interim parliament into never electing a new um a new emperor until they basically just turned <laughs> into a senate <laughs> which happened because one of the party members um you remember i did that thing in um whispers in the stone where because you're like in a giant dungeon i didn't want to introduce new characters externally so new characters were like people from long ago who got turned to stone and then you turn them back mm. one of the characters was a second empire imperial elf who was upset mm. that they had emperors again and was like key <laughs> in making sure both of these fuckos died and that their like interim parliament just couldn't like install a new uh, head of state Nice, yeah. Well, like that, that, that's like that character is obviously going to have a strong right, point exactly, on that. and that was kind of why like, I let them do it. I was like, oh, this is kind of a stupid, like you know, this is the exact uh, solution to this problem kind of thing. But on the other hand, this character like has a reasonable like motivation for yeah. wanting to do it. So sure, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, like have you seen the trailer for that new Jackie Chan film? Yes. Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen it, there's going to be a new Jackie Chan film called The Foreigner. And it's about Jackie Chan, who, by the way, is, like, 
Obviously not as young as he once was, but still looking great for 63. Oh, yeah, right, um, God. 63, really? I would have guessed 55, mm. man. Playing a, a character whose daughter gets blown up in a terrorist attack in London. And then... Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jackie Chan fights the IRA. Except he doesn't. That's, not... that's the weird no, thing. No, except he doesn't, not really. Jackie Chan fights the... I don't know. Um, Irish rioters association or something definitely not the you know irish republican army and he tries to get information from a former terrorist leader turned like politician by the way who is played right pierce brosnan bears a striking resemblance to a son that's why they cast him and yet it's not the same character it's a mr hannity i know it's like you know an Irishman and it's like, with like white it's like, hair and a beard good, like, and like little round glasses, played by Pierce Brosnan, who already kind of looks like the person that this is obviously supposed to be, except not really. Yeah, and everyone's like, like we know what this is supposed to, but obviously you we can't know who this because, is supposed to be. because there's no <laughs> there's no legal proof that the that the narrative presented in the film was actually like the narrative that actually happened in real life to the person in question and it is important to the politics of northern ireland that there is no legal proof of that so obviously we can't do that for real so we're just gonna like change all the names and then have it be i i get the feeling from like the trailer that it's probably actually going to be like a small group of of um like kitchen terrorists rather than like an active paramilitary so it's not quite jackie chan fights the ira yeah, but it better be. But like, I watched that and I was like, "This is Jackie Chan fighting the IRA." Yeah. I was like, "This is this is like, the premise of this and I'm movie." Like, this is so stupid, but it looks kind of rad, and I'm probably going to watch it. I think actually, yeah, like, like yeah, one like, of the things is just it's kind of a pity that they've obviously had to change all the names because of the subject matter. Because Pierce Brosnan is like a dead ringer for the person that he is supposed to not be. Yeah, like he, like he should, like it, look. If they, I don't know if they're ever gonna do that within Pierce Brosnan's lifetime. But if they do make a movie about that, he, he, he should. should get. And yet to now play I him. feel like maybe he can't <laughs> because like he'll try and apply for the part, and then like the studio or whatever will be like, "Well, you were in The Foreigner playing essentially this character, but in a sort of libelous way." So no. <laughs> We don't. We don't want no, to go there. You can't, Pierce. And Pierce is like, but I was made to play this part. I have the same. Face. And they're like, yeah, you were, and you blew it on the foreigner. <laughs> I mean, I hope that doesn't happen, but no, yeah, you got to be careful with Northern Irish politics. I know, yeah, it's 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 the only thing. Like Pierce Brosnan, James mm. Bond, sure, and then that guy. Yeah. That's if it. if you're confused, listening to you know us talking about this, and you have not seen. The, uh, the trailer for The Foreigner, and you don't know who we're talking about, first of all, watch the trailer for The Foreigner because you will see Pierce Brosnan in it and that may like trip your memory as to who he's supposed to look like. But otherwise, understand that the problem here with it being libelous is that legally, the person that this character is supposed to be a reference to, who is now a politician, was, was not ever legally confirmed to be in the IRA. Like, that, yeah, that, is, that is not a thing that there is... I believe, mm. actual legal evidence for. It is the opinion yeah. of a very large number of people in the public, uh, mostly his political opponents, but also, you know, some people who, uh, who who perhaps agree with his party, that he, in fact, was in the IRA. But that is an opinion, and it is not uh, a, a proven... It is not a proven fact in a court of law, 
which is, I think, the place where it would have to be proven to matter. It's look okay. If you don't know anything about Northern Irish politics and UK politics, there are certain things that we know, but we do not acknowledge for the peace. Especially of the when it comes to Northern Ireland, which has a very. Mm. This is going to sound super disingenuous based on what happened literally just this week, but especially not in Northern Ireland and Irish politics, which has a very fragile peace, largely held together mm. with sticky tape and not acknowledging what people did in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. And also, Theresa May just gave the D Democratic Unionist Party one billion pounds to prop up her own, to leverage yeah. her own failing brand, as I believe uh, weird yeah. Twitter legend Drill once put it. Yeah, weird because like, isn't it weird how like they were saying that there's no money tree, and then they found all this money from mm, this money tree. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. I so, did like the joke. Do almost... um, you see the joke that was like? Uh, I always looked at my payslip and I never really understood what NI contributions meant, but now I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I think we need we need to get into summing up this episode. Uh, probably because it is it is quite if late. we can. We're, we're running a bit late. Um, I would say obviously, look, you can't avoid putting politics. No, into you your can't. Games. Like anything you, that you do would be political. I would say if there's a point to this episode, it's that what you can and can't put into well not even what you can what you should and shouldn't put into like knowingly what you should and shouldn't intentionally put into your game is going to depend on your own personal politics the stories you want to tell and the politics of the people that you are creating the game world for because there is a difference between mm. challenging your players politically and making them actively uncomfortable by putting them into a contentious environment and obviously, mm. that's going to change based on whether you're playing with a group of people you know who are all of one particular political persuasion, in which case, eh, you know, maybe do something like that. Or if you're playing mm. with people you don't know or people of a variety of political persuasions, in which case maybe you want to go like a bit more, a bit not apolitical because we've established that isn't a thing, but like more centrist, mm. more safe. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there are ways of putting in political things subtly, of course. Like, I mean, th this is the reason why analogies mm. exist, isn't it? it? It's why, you know, there's no real actual racism based on the colour of people's skin in D&D. It's all about um, heritage, you right. know, whether you're an elf yeah. or, a, or a dwarf or a human, like there are prejudices based on those Which things. Which is not to say that you than... can't like insert actual like colorism into D&D. &D. No, yeah. Although you probably only ought to do that if that thing that we just like spent ages talking about where you like set up um, hurdles that are like comparable to real life ones in order to like portray them getting knocked down. Because otherwise... That might be kind of shit for people at your table for no real effective gain for you. Yeah, it's like, you know, like the, the, this is why analogies exist, because it's like you're able to engage with themes that maybe you want to engage mm. with, but you can do it at a standpoint where it's a bit removed. So you're not making um, the heaving racist mm. Um, in your party uncomfortable but like I don't know maybe you should be playing d, &D Yeah I, I feel like there's a certain amount of this that goes into like curate your, uh, your, your group but the point yeah. is change the content of your like game depending on who you're playing it with there is nothing mm. wrong with doing that yeah um, Especially like if like, you're playing not, like yeah. with randoms in a public space, it is fine to have a game that obviously is still political because, as we've established, you can't have a non-political game, but is like mm. centered in the Overton window and is not like mm. particularly controversial either to the right or to the left on really mm. any issue or to the yeah. other like 
axes of the political spectrum either, I suppose. And I think as well, you know, if you're playing with your friends, even if they don't necessarily agree mm. with you on points that you might make yeah. or morals you may tell, you know, they are friend. And, and if they respect you and if you respect them, which is, is the, like respect is a two way mm. street, it's got to go both ways. Like I, I couldn't put something overtly, I would never do this, but overtly anti-Semitic in my game and expect a particular member of our group to not take that lying down, you know what I mean? Like, Similarly, I, would I feel expect... like you couldn't put something um, actively, uh, you know, racist against uh, black people or mixed race people in and not have... Well, I mean, no, yeah. realistically, all of us complain because fuck that, but like a specific person yeah. complain. Yeah, like, you know, you, you can't put some... I couldn't put something like that in my game and, and not have that person go, you mm. hold on a minute. I, I would expect I would expect that, but you know that's not respecting my friends. That's not respecting no. them as a person. But like that that's it. I put like um, you should like a, an opinion. Like oh, I can't think of a fucking example because we generally all agree. Th- th- this with is each the other big problem: the is that we are reasonably close friends and generally agree on a lot of things. Yeah, uh... I mean, like maybe theoretically, um, like one of of our friends, um, I think we can agree is. I feel like this was a lot more relevant like a year ago. Like I feel like I've become much more radically left in the past year. Same. But, um, yeah. One of our, fr- of our friends is, let's say, a much more enthusiastic socialist than either of us, to the point where it yeah. becomes exhausting. And so I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, it does come on. And, 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 yeah, and, and, it's not like, like we dis- really effect- disagree with a lot yeah, of the things like... that they're saying. It's just that, like it's so uh, it's just this this oncoming tide. Is uh, um, yeah. especially following their Facebook. No, it's, it's like it's like sometimes like they will joke about gulags and stuff like that, and I don't think that's an okay thing. To no, I I, because... I feel like the the, the sort of like, like communism has hurt people. Like it has. Yeah, like, I I, like, I feel like the, the sort of like, tanky that has hurt people. Are not like the best. Yeah, and I I think that that's that's not right because I do think that like people do have legitimate concerns with communism or uh, indie parties. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think, like, a lot of their concerns... Because they come from countries that have been hurt by those regimes. Right, I think a lot of people have concerns with um, the potential implementation of communist regimes, because, like, even if they agree and believe that at some point those regimes uh, lost their way on the way to, like, you know, true communism Mm. and true socialism, they're like, well, what guarantee do we have that you would not do the same thing? Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, if, like... Obvious, like if in a, a, a let's say a a a person from Middle America was talking shit about communism and they clearly didn't understand what they were talking right. about, that's different. But if somebody is like say they lived in Miami and they're from a Cuban family and their family was literally like pushed out of Cuba because of communism, that's different. Their opinion Weirdly, is more when valid. When people make general vague assertions that they don't like elaborate on. The context yeah. of who that person is and why they might be saying that thing matters. It's like that yeah. that, uh, that thing about how it's like, are you really going to delete that post because you know now that it comes from a turf? And it's like, yeah, because that changes the context of what they're talking about. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and and sometimes what makes that really frustrating, like I remember that there's this this one really great post, uh, but unfortunately it's by a fucking mm. turf, and she goes, um, you know, like the reason why. Uh, things like this and stuff like that aren't researched into it's because they're they're you know problems that women face mm. in general and later on a lot of non-binary people and a lot of trans people add really good points to that post about yeah you're absolutely correct people who are you know um designated female at birth mm. 
and the medical issues they have, they're less researched into because of this and this mm. and this. Those additions are really great, but it's really weird knowing that a turf started that. That's what annoys me about that. This post. is the thing. Is like, I don't want. Again, I don't want to get light on too much uh, of a tangent. No, yeah. People talk a lot about separating the artist and the art, and I don't. I don't mm. personally believe in doing that at all. I think. I mean, I'm. I'm I'm of two minds of it. I, don't, I, I think, think again. I think that's um, a vague thing to say. Uh, and yeah. Like I mean, as well, I think this is something that we've said that we disagree on this. I'm a firm, firm, firm believer in like death of the author. Once a piece of work mm. is out there, it belongs to the fans, and it's their interpretation that is. But I also is think also to be of that, equal like, value. The reason for the production of a a piece of art ultimately comes mm. down to the personal context of the author and mm. another completely unrelated reason why I have difficulty separating the uh, the author from the work is that a lot of time when the author is still alive and holds the rights to the work any kind yeah. of financial engagement with the work funds mm. that creator and if that creator yeah, no, is I... actively using funds that they have to do something that politically you disagree with then it is your no, responsibility yeah, I, I not to yeah. engage with their work financially yeah, I understand you. Um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to say Attack on Titan by name because this is the thing I'm thinking. Okay, of. I actually I understand, wasn't thinking I about Attack on Titan, but but I know, but I know. that's that's fair. I know. I understand the people who like, and even I. I don't want to engage monetarily with Attack on Titan anymore. I don't want to buy the manga. I don't want to um, watch the anime. To be like, I was going like, to say watch, I get that watch we the anime maybe, like, um, Illuminate people who maybe don't understand I, yes. what for like, those, what's the problem for with those Attack of on you Titan. Who don't know. The creator of Attack on Titan is a um, proponent of Japanese imperialism and mm. of fascist and... ideology in general. And initially, this was just yeah. like a problematic thing about him. But apparently, the like later aspects of Attack on Titan itself have like it's started not, to pick it's up not themes even a... of that. It's not even the later aspects of it. It is very much having read a post about it, like one was like it, I didn't really understand what they were talking about, and it was like five pages too long. And then someone mm. did it in like plain speak, and I was like, "Of course, this is the world of Attack on Titan is completely hundred percent an analogy for the the rise of the Third Reich and militarism." Not in, even like um, necessarily like historically, but also like in terms of the the specifically um, Japanese imperialist lens of the duty of expansionism uh, of like, yeah. particularly the um axis power countries yeah but like it is it's a very you know you you read attack on titan you're like oh this is this is about the third mm. reich and it does it in a po and it, it's through positively but like again and it's and yeah. and but like that and knowing that about hajime sama that becomes very obvious you're like oh shit yeah mm. but then like you look at the way people responded to it and the way fans respond to it. And I also understand why Attack on Titan is given some credit and some fans are able to remove that aspect well, from it. Well, that's the thing. Is that, first of all, because it's written from a position that is um, sympathetic to uh, mm. the... Um, well, to, 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 the, to the aspect of the analogy that's supposed to represent the Third Reich, it doesn't include mm. the power dynamic that we have generally come to associate with, like... Nazism and the Axis powers in general, which means that mm. a lot of people initially would not recognize that and also would like have difficulty making that connection even after the revelation. And also, like yeah. if you subtract it entirely from its cultural context, as a piece of weird fantasy, a lot of the time it's fine. I have heard that like it slowly becomes less ignorable as like yeah, the manga I, goes I on and that the anime on, is probably yeah. going to eventually hit that point. Yeah. 
like the well if you're only watching in the anime we haven't hit that point yet but it does get there pretty gradually um and i wouldn't i wouldn't actually if the anime may change that because despite what you think not every person in japan and in the anime industry is like a heaving imperial well i mean like but wasn't anyway. that like reasonably controversial when it came out in japan itself i don't citation i, I, I actually do not know um if if you yeah, are from I, japan I wouldn't know. and happen to know uh how exactly like tacit support for you know the imperial regime circa 1945 is viewed in general japanese life mm. um please let us know on our twitter mm. or tumblr because we would be quite interested in that yeah. um no yeah i think certainly but it's like i i totally understand when people um have the but again i understand when people take a different interpretation to it because if you want a lot to give of the, beth some in um, some lessons in paying attention to segues then maybe you should contact us on sorry sorry Tumblr. yeah sorry but it, it's it's like do you know what sometimes no, it's, it's, like it's, it, yeah and that that's I, just I think the thing, again like, there are two sides to this and it's like i feel like mm. maybe my opinion of like the degree to which an art, a creator and their work can be separated mm. is influenced by the times I have been asked to do that and the particular create creators and the particular pieces of work that that's that's a pretty being... significant thing as well isn't it like people generally don't ask you to say separate mm. um J.K. Rowling's political views from Harry Potter I mean, because... they ask you to do that more now because J more now J.K. Rowling even... is like a milk toast neoliberal and a lot of Harry Potter has like <laughs> anarchist themes in it which is weird yeah but I kind of think that that's maybe just where she is as she's gotten older. I think so, because I think, like, stuff. definitely, um, like, J.K. Rowling did not start as a milquetoast neoliberal. Like, she, no, uh, she, I... she, 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 the story people love to tell is that, like, when she started writing Harry Potter, she was, like, on, um, was it Job Seekers Allowance? Yeah. Well, yeah I say yeah. Job Seekers um, Allowance. It, it wouldn't have been that back in, like, 1993. Yeah. But she she was on like welfare yeah. to some extent, but it was very 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 threadbare at the time. Yeah. Um, in John exactly. under John Major. So, um, I, I, I am I'm not so uh, so foolish as to think that J.K. Rowling's political views have remained. Um, have remained no, possible. you know she. It just happens as you get older, and as well, she's very rich it's now. It's true. Um, I feel like it doesn't happen as much as you get older as a lot of the people who got like that mm. as they got older like to claim. I feel that mm. that is not true and a convenient excuse, but uh, you know, definitely there are like reasons why that might happen. Hmm. And it, it's it's just one of these things like your priorities change as you get older and stuff like that, mm. which is sad because as you get older you become more prominent in society and your voice like that is grows an issue. and stuff yeah. like that. It's like like you know shout out to Jezza all these years for mm. remaining very socialist. Anyway. <laughs> But it's like, you, but generally you don't you don't get asked to, to to accept that of somebody who's more centrist or left leaning. You do get true. asked that of people like Awesome Scott Card, who's very homophobic. Well, I... Yeah, people go, oh no, it's fine to like end his game because you you know you could just. And it's like yeah, but he's a real piece of shit. Also, he is, <laughs> despite what I assumed, still alive and therefore still gets paid for like some. Mm. I believe he doesn't get paid for the film because he like waived all his rights to the like money for yeah. that. But he still gets paid if you buy his books. And yeah. I do not like Austin Scott Card as a person, and I don't yeah. want to buy his art until he's dead. Yeah. Grim and it's, as it's that like, sounds. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I understand that to some extent. And to be honest, I feel like well, even well, if he is, like, even when he is dead, I'm going to look up, like, 
what his will says he wants done with the proceeds from his work <laughs> in his estate. Dang. Cause... Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's like, look, I love a lot of Disney movies, mm. but Walt Disney was a piece of shit. Okay? You don't even have to like, go as he... far back as Walt Disney was a piece of shit. Like the Disney Corporation is pretty horrific. Yeah, like the Dis- Disney now is a piece of shit, but Walt Disney was also a piece of shit. But I still love Disney, and I will fucking eat up every Disney movie I can get my right. hands on. Like, you know, like Nick's, like Marvel right now are just run by piece of shits. Okay, so is DC, but DC are being less piece of shits yeah. lately. It's it's you know it's cyclical. And but I still love Marvel's characters. I still enjoy some of the content they put out, and I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna be like you know oh. Marvel have a very, like, suspiciously pro-Nazi stance lately, so I'm not going to buy any of their comics. I'm like, no, because Black Panther is fucking brilliant. Miss Marvel is fucking brilliant. America Chavez is fucking brilliant. Gwenpool is fucking brilliant. So many good Marvel Mm. comics right now that are coming from creators who do need your support, who are from marginalised groups. You know, like, Iceman isn't very good, but it's one... like buy stuff that is from creators and depicts like people who are from marginalized groups and pointedly do not buy the things that have like veered into weirdly fascist sympathizing territory then Mm. that sends a much stronger message to marvel than it does to like just stop buying their shit altogether with no real explanation yeah and i mean like marvel have basically been like they they have been ignoring like like what the whatever they say about diverse books not selling, it's a lie because two of their most um, critically acclaimed books are Miss Marvel and Black Panther, and they do really well. And they're one is about a teenage Pakistani, like, like Muslim girl who honestly kind of comes off as a little bit bi sometimes. But Willow G. Wilson doesn't want to like go with, like hammer it down or whatever. But the the cast in itself that she rounds herself with is very diverse. Um, and then Black and, Panther you know, Black... is Black, but like the film's it's, coming out, it's... you know, you know about Black Panther. Come on. Yeah, you know who T'Challa yeah. is. Okay, if you don't know who T'Challa is, you need to educate yourself. Right. Like Black Panther, like as well, like an aside, but like the Black Panther mythos and what Black Panther brings to the table in the MCU is really like unique and different. And there isn't really anything like that in comics. Mm. It's a little bit like he's a bit like Wonder Woman in that aspect because mm-hmm. Wonder Woman gives this really unique bit to DC's law. You know, like, I imagine there are a lot of people who watched Wonder Woman and was like, oh, I didn't know this was in DC Comics. I didn't know this was a part of DC. So I didn't know there was, like, an Amazonian island and Greek gods and shit in it, you know. And uh, there's probably a lot of people who watch Black Panther and go, wow, I didn't know this was in Marvel Comics. This is fucking awesome. And it's like, I I think we we don't really have have time to go into this strongly now. But check out uh, Beth's uh, Tumblr, uh, Baroness Banff, for more introspection on the comic book industry i think there's also some like cool stuff about why um comic sales numbers are not always as helpful as they could be if you go back far enough like somebody like once sent her like a snotty ask about that and she like went into detail about it i thought that 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 (laughs) bit was cool like i don't i I don't even go here i don't know a lot about comics uh definitely my brother is more of an enthusiast than i am and even Mm. he like dabbles only a bit um but but i found that bit super interesting yeah, like for for those of you for the uninitiated, for those of you who don't know, comic sales are basically finalized like three months in advance, and it's only the pre-orders um, that get put in, and then a comic book shop has to decide how many of the actual units they want to order to put on mm-hmm. the shelves to sell. And th- that's the only so, statistic that the um, 
producers of of the comic books mm. get. They don't get statistics about how many specific like individual readers bought a comic from comic shops. And they probably yeah. do get and statistics from online downloads, but for some reason don't use them. Yeah, they, they count them as separate things. Online sales and digital sales and um, floppy sales mm. are counted separately. And they, for some reason, consider floppy sales more important, even though a smaller number of those are bought. Like, Miss um, Marvel basically topped, has consistently topped digital sales ever since it mm. came out. I mean, um, And that's, that's yeah. why she's still around, basically, is they can't ignore the amount of money she makes for yeah. them. Um, the other thing as well is they don't count international sales, so they only count sales in America. Um, uh, and they, yeah, like, that's basically, they're excluding a huge chunk of their market. This, they don't include I I, I said we were going to wrap up, but, like, I have yeah. a vague idea why that is, and this is a thing that really, really fucking bothers me about um, the mm -hmm. WWE recently. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so you may have seen it, like, scrolling across the screen last episode in that like one joke i did but i'm really fucking done with um the smackdown um storyline of randy orton versus jinder mahal i mean i know i think it's probably actually done now because i don't actually watch raw or smackdown because you need like tv to do that and i only have the network it's, it's not worth getting sky just to watch wrestling especially when it's currently this bad um yeah yeah but like for like i want to say like three pay-per-views it was a thing and it was just this really stupid 80s style like it, it put me in mind of the iron sheik how bad it was because jinder yeah. mahal is a uh i don't actually know if he's from india i know he's canadian indian like not not yeah. not first nations as in like like one of his parents is canadian and the other is from india and yeah. he's his character like the jinder mahal character is this huge guy in like a loose turban who is always over overlaid with like very indian sounding like like bollywood music when he speaks on promos and he talks about how he doesn't fit your stereotypes and he is a heel he is a bad guy his heel motivation is believing racism exists because <laughs> i don't know man it's like smackdown used to be good um and his opponent for like the whole time that he's been like brought up to this level has been randy orton Randy the Viper Orton, who looks like the default character from any given wrestling game before you do anything to him. Like, I hate Randy Orton. He has no... Like, I, I used to just, like, not mind him, but not, like, think he was great. I really do not like him now. Uh, like, his entire, like, face motivation was, I am from America. Legitimately, like, they would do these random hard cuts to people in, like, Stars and Stripes garb in the crowd, like, during his promos, and it was incredibly obnoxious. And I'm just like, look, guys, I know the United States is your core audience, but the entire reason why the WWE exists is because Vince McMahon wanted to end um, territory wrestling. That, that's legitimately the reason why it exists. Like, the WWF, like, mm. existed as a unifying presence that ended the age of territory wrestling. You've got to stop mm. doing this. You you have yeah. to stop doing this. Um, we can just run, like, America fuck yeah storylines thing. And I have heard, by the way, that um, because they're moving into India as, like, a, a territory now... Um, mm. When I say territory, like, 
as in the thing that they ended, I mean, like in America, where you'd have like, you know, mm. the, the South, not even the Southwest, like, you know, state territories and stuff like that. They, mm. they ended that, especially like when it came into the age of television. They're moving into India now, like they moved into China a while back, and there was that video that people shared around about um, John Cena speaking fluent Mandarin. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're moving into India now, and they, they always like make a point of, of saying, hey, we've got like an Indian announced team. Um, when they do the, the the roll call of like foreign language announced teams, that's, that's kind of cool. I have heard that in mm. India, this storyline is represented the other way around. Um, Jinder is the face, <laughs> and Randy is well, the heel. Well, that's the way it should be represented anyway. Jinder Mahal is right. Racism well, doesn't exist. I think the the point the point the, they're really like ham fistedly trying to push this across. I think the point is supposed to be that because Jinder believes that racism exists. He basically uses it as his excuse for anything going wrong in his matches because all heels have this like excuse that they use as to, you know, that's why like that loss didn't count. Right. And I think they've been like, oh, yeah, that's a perfectly normal and fine excuse to give Jinder Mahal. It's like, no, it isn't. It's not, not especially when you're having his opponent be like, I'm better than that guy because I am from this place. And it's like, no, that's not you're not allowed. You can't do that. You can't. It is bad and you uncool. can't do that. Not only because it's kind of racist, especially when um, that horrible, horrible promo when Randy says that his his granddad would uh, box his ears for losing the belt to a guy like Jinder, and I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean, Randy? I say, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? We all know what that's supposed to mean. I mean, like he probably didn't mean it that way, but it's almost exactly the same as like things that racists actually say when they want to be euphemistic and but not only that but also because they can't be like you know this this is a race thing they're like this is a nationality thing randy is from the united states where most of our audience come from therefore he is better and i'm like cool that's like a giant middle finger to your entire international audience like not just the indians like literally anybody who is not from the united Mm. states it's so, so bad. And mm. it really, really bothered me. And I'm kind of glad that since Randy, I think, had his rematch, they're probably not going to be fighting anymore. But man, it was okay. bad. Mm. Money in the Bank 2017 yeah, was very bad for a lot of reasons, but that that one storyline really fucking annoyed me. Yeah. So, to segue, really, yeah. to the end of this video, it's whatever you do it's going to be political the point is is that it, it's got to like, be pay attention measured to that, yeah. it, pay attention. try and take control and, of that as much as you can yeah you know and look if you do fuck up and put something in ignorance and you put a political message in there that you, that you weren't intend, intending people will tell you you know it's fine because you probably only have like an audience of like six people and you can fix yeah. it these people are ostensibly your friends or at least understanding and it's it's not the same as when you do that kind of thing like to a massive like potentially if you're on the internet worldwide mm. audience. So absolutely yeah. do not be afraid to like try different stuff. And mm. just like work to what you think the political sensibilities of your group would be and if you're going to rock the boat try and rock the boat in controlled ways. I'm not saying like never mm. put anything that challenges your players politically into your game, but try not to just be like Oh man, I don't, I don't really fucking care about what kind of of politics I put into my game that might make people uncomfortable. Try and be like, yes, I'm gonna put this thing in here specifically to challenge mm. them. Remember also, because I, I feel like we never talked about this. Um, 
a lot of the time, because your players are interacting with it, you don't necessarily have to provide the answers to the questions that you're asking. You can ask the mm. question and then let them find the answer. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I hope we've I hope we've answered like covered this topic well. I don't to be honest, we may have like, to I revisit it in the future. It's a broad I, I feel topic. Like, although we're probably gonna come back to this sort of mm. thing, like we kind of already did it with um playing outside yourself a little bit. Yeah. So we might come back to this sort of thing. We're not gonna do this topic again. This is the episode okay. on this topic. I'm oh god. I am so mm -hmm. already exhausted by the amount yeah. of, of, not even the amount, like the kind of feedback we might get on this. But it was an important episode to do. Yeah, and it's it's important. Like, all work is going to be political. But it's really important to remember, as we've said multiple times, that in D&D, the circle you reach, it's not that big. No. So any harm you do, either accidentally or intentionally, but if you do this intentionally to your friend, you are a shithead. Yeah. But accidentally, it's, it's not going to... Be huge, right. It is not you know? the end of the world if you fuck up in in like yeah, what it's, you include you know, it's in your, not, your DD like, game. It's not yeah, it's not the end of the world if you make one of your friends a little bit uncomfortable and they have to go, Can we talk about what you just did? Because yeah. what you did Although just wasn't if cool. you do notice that you're making your like one of your friends a bit uncomfortable and they don't say anything, maybe try talking to them about it because you don't we didn't really talk about the intraparty dynamic, but like you don't you don't want to like let that fester basically. If you mm. one would hope that you like want to know if you mm. fucked up and could do better next time like maybe they tell you a thing and they're like this thing made me uncomfortable for this reason and sometimes you're like okay well i will not do that anymore thank you for telling me and sometimes mm. sometimes maybe if the person is too different from you or it is like kind of unpleasant you're like actually i don't care that that made you uncomfortable and i think you're kind of shitty for letting it do so i mean when you're mm. being again again i think the recurrent theme of this episode when you're being as vague as that it's going to include a lot of stuff. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and it's fine. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's fine. So, um, Ev shout out for, to, to Lysmith who gave us the, the topic mm -hmm. um, idea. Your game mm -hmm. sounds pretty neat, so I hope it, it yeah. goes off well. So, mm -hmm. you can contact us at, on Twitter, at Tumblr, and Twitch at uh, mm -hmm. Cleaver Crumish for me and Baroness Bamf for Beth. Um, mm -hmm. Probably best to hit Beth up on Twitter or Tumblr if you want like a longer form response. Um, her Twitch is yeah, is not, is not like I like me. Me and Tumblr have been. We've had a. She's active. You on know, it, we can say that much. I don't know necessarily. Yeah, I'm still active on it. Like, it's still there, but it's like. Ugh. I guess I prefer Twitter. If it's a short because... thing, hit her up on Twitter because that seems to be the preference. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. personally care. Uh, Beth's yeah. Twitch is not really active at the moment, but mine is, and you can yeah. come and watch me at twitch.tv forward slash cleavercrumish. I stream on mm -hmm. Thursday and Sunday evenings. Sundays we are still yeah. playing Baldur's Gate. I am still doing silly voices for most of the characters that we encounter mm -hmm. that do not have their own voice acting. Are, are you ever? Are you gonna? Are you gonna play uh, Dream Daddy on stream eventually? I mean, is that? I don't know, but maybe. It will depend on like when I can fit it, well, when I get it, and also when I can fit it into my streaming schedule. But I feel no, like yeah. I could do, yeah. Um, I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think I may have just enough money coming my way to buy that game the day it comes out. So I'm very excited. Uh, Thursdays, <laughs> Thursdays, I am currently playing uh, Clive Barker's Undying, which is charming, mm -hmm. and actually not entirely devoid of uh, opportunities for silly voices. 
as I have found out, mm. although it includes many of its own, actually. Uh, the main character has a really, really terrible Irish accent. It, it's fun. Mm. Come watch it. Uh, so, yes, the uh, the music, as always, was by Kevin MacLeod. I have no idea what the mm -hmm. background image behind the text is, but you will see a credit for it in the video description. Uh, yeah, I, I can't even possibly imagine what the background image is going to be. Yeah, I, I, I have <laughs> no idea. Um, but thank you very much for listening to this episode of, of House of Bards, and uh, I have no idea when the next one will be, but uh, but we will no. see you then. So, bye-bye. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye.